That's Orgasmic. You are joined by host Emily Duncan and today I have Laura Allen who is a sex, love and relationship coach on a mission to empower and equip women to have the best sex of their lives through feminine well-being, sensual leadership and a very sexy dose of sexy self-care. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here and talk about all the things that I love the most. Yes, amazing. Now I want to just jump straight in the deep end. How can women have the best sex of their lives? Oh, yes. Wow, we're definitely not messing around. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I think to explain this best, it really comes down to a deeper why. Why do we long to have incredible sex? And I feel as human beings, we have a primal intuitive sense to tap into parts of us that feel liberated and free to have an authentic expression. So when we think about really great sex, we're not thinking about a sort of scripted, porn-centric status quo (laughs) I go down on you, you go down on me, taking to, like, we don't think about that. We think about really transcendental, really expressive, really in alignment and authentic to our unique pleasure. Um, And there's an element of total liberation, this fullness of freedom to be ourselves in any given moment where we're not afraid to say no, where we're not afraid to request a pause, where we're not afraid to stand up for what truly feels good in our body. Now, to access that is the journey. And so to sit here and give you, you know, Cosmopolitan's top 10 tips on how to have the best sex of your life would simply be inaccurate. My invitation to everyone listening is to start running that personal inquiry on how you show up in your life from a place of authentic expression. How do you embody the felt sense within you? Because pleasure, orgasmic energy exists in the body yet we do not live in a world that celebrates body-based living yet alone pleasure-based living yet alone feminine sensual leadership at all so there is millenniums and millenniums of cultural media religious conditioning that we need to start to unwind and unpack from the threads within our bodies There is a process of learning to tune into and be with the body in ways that some of us, many of us, have never experienced before. There is a total paradigm shift in learning to connect to and operate from the truth of our hearts, the truth of our pussy, the truth of our womb space. And so for anyone listening who's like, right, how do I get started? I would suggest focusing on embodiment. What does that mean to you? What is your connection to the felt sense? How do you experience the fullness and the full range of sensation and emotion that shows up within your body? 
a lot of the time we operate from the head, right? So there's a sort of shoulders Absolutely. up approach to life. Yeah, that's what's really celebrated. And, you know, that's sort of a, a symptom of the patriarchal culture that we live in. And when I say patriarch, I don't mean burn your bras and men are bad. I mean this eternal chasing of summer, this constant productivity, this always needing to be on, this goal-oriented, head-based logic celebrated aspect of our beings and that's great we need that yet we've completely swung to one side of the pendulum pendulum and abandoned our bodies in that process so start to focus on your relationship to your body how you experience emotion how you experience the wind brushing through your hair as you walk down the street are you too quote unquote busy to notice the fullness and the sensations of life that you're experiencing that's where I would begin yeah that's amazing I think for a lot of people we're so out of touch with our bodies our mind our soul being connected and even just I think when people think okay well how do I have the best sex they instantly think of that within the bedroom not how you said you know feel when you're walking out in the street and how the wind feels on your body like connect with your body outside of just that space which I think would be so important and so many people wouldn't even think about that because everything with sex is just I guess very focused on in in that moment not looking at it when you leave that space totally totally we can't really talk about having these incredible orgasms if if you know, if you're operating in life in a way that is completely disconnected and shut down to your body, if you are afraid to inhabit and be in your body, then your capacity and your orgasmic potential is going to have a ceiling on it. So yeah, it really is just a matter of clearing the body, reaching a space of, of harmony, which can be, you know, for some people like a long journey, a lifelong journey. It is for many. It is for many of us. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And it definitely isn't just an easy do these three things and you'll be in touch with your body and be able to, you know, have these amazing experiences. Because I think even like I know myself, I've been putting so much work into myself and it's still a constant. You have to show up every day and do it and you'll go. I know I fluctuate. I'll be really good with my meditation and feeling like I'm clear minded and then I'll stop for a couple months because life gets in the way and then you know, you have to go back and keep just realigning, I guess, with yourself. Yeah, totally. And I think like, I I think the thing is with, you know, quote unquote, the work is that it's nice to have a little bit of a paradigm shift with it. I feel like it comes in stages and waves, right? You know, especially in the beginning when we're really starting to wake up to ourselves, developing a deeper sense of self-awareness, it can be so exciting because you're just like, oh my God, the veil has lifted. I see so much that I've never seen before. And I just want to do this and that and this and that. And that's really all in, all in, all engulfing. And There are points and times where we need to prioritize other things in our lives, like our careers, like our children, like exercise over, you know, having a three hour morning practice. And that's really beautiful. And that's all a part of the balance of our lives. And so instead of feeling like we're failing when we're not deep in practice, just, you know, really leaning into the flow of 
of your life and really trusting the process and knowing that you can always come back to it when it feels right and aligned again. Yeah, which I think is awesome. I think also in like a capitalistic society, people feel really guilty for when they don't, you know, keep their practices and keep their strict routines and everything because it's so glamorized, especially even like social media, TikTok, everything at the moment. There's like that girl and she gets up at 5 a.m. and she goes to the gym, she does her journaling, her meditating, she eats amazing and has this amazing career. Like people, you know, think this is like this big thing to live up to. So obviously when you don't, you're going to feel guilty and it's going to be hard. And you advocate for pleasure-based living. Are you ever kind of discuss what that is? Because I feel like some people would hear that and be like, oh my God, like that's terrifying when I've got to live my life this other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I feel like we've segued into this really beautifully because what you were saying about this guilt around, you know, not maintaining this, insta-worthy picture perfect wellness lifestyle that social media portrays to us is essentially the essence of pleasure of the opposite of pleasure-based living right it's not about what you get from your practice it's about how you treat yourself in your practice that really matters and so Exactly. And your practice is how you do life. It's not just, you know, the things that you tick off your wellness to do list to say that you've done it. It's who you are in the day to day. And that's when true integration happens. And I think the first wave of, I guess, self actualization, self awareness, wellness is, you know, really learning and practicing meditation all of these wellness tools and sort of having a almost scientific approach to them we do need a little bit of rigidity and focus to be able to really embody what we're learning and then the next wave of integration is where it's no longer about what you do it's about who you be in the world and how you take the lessons that you've learned from sitting down on the mat to do meditation and integrate that while you're driving your car when you're in a board meeting it's who you be in the world that really matters the most. And so when we're talking about pleasure-based living, it's really important to first and foremost, really unpack what your associations to pleasure is. A lot of people, you uh, view pleasure as a sex-centric um, experience. Pleasure equals orgasm equals sex or masturbation of some kind. When in actuality it's so much more accessible when we take pleasure out of the bedroom and allow ourselves to experience in every moment of every day so just like what I was saying before there's an element of experiencing the beauty of the wind as it blows through your hair as you're walking down the street that's pleasure-based living there's an element of really knowing your body really learning to work with your nervous system so that you can oscillate in a really healthy way between activation and rest and digest. You know, there are times in our lives where we need to hit the go button. We, we have careers, we have things that we need to do. So that's your action. That's your yang energy. That's your doing energy. And it's really important to learn how to activate the yin, the receiving, the rest and digest, that deep rest that is not celebrated enough. 
So starting to work with your body and really learning what actions you can take throughout the day to integrate and incorporate enough rest and digest. So you are really essentially just this rolling wave of bliss throughout the day. You're just oscillating up and down and up and down and it starts to become really enjoyable instead of just being in this constant yang, constant doing, burning out, you know, burning the candle at both ends and running ourselves into the ground, completely numbing our bodies and desensitizing our pussies. It's really important to start to learn how to drop into feeling, receiving, experiencing, enjoying. So the more that we start to work with that, the more that we start to notice our lives shifting to a perspective of how can I move through my day in the most pleasurable way possible? How can I attend this event in a way that feels spacious to me? How can I achieve this goal in a way that supports my body and my feminine well-being? These are the starts of questions that you'll start to naturally orient to when you adapt a lifestyle of pleasure-based living. Yeah, I love that. And I think a lot of people probably when they first hear pleasure-based living would be like, oh, like, you know, making sure you like masturbate every day and you know eating those things and doing certain activities that people associate with pleasure but I think breaking it down to even just simple things is like you know having that moment to yourself during the day or having the sun hit your face um, and acknowledging all those little moments of pleasure that we probably just disregard a lot of the time we wouldn't even realize the pleasure that we can tap into when we're aware of those I think I guess it'd be so important for people to first just sit down and find those little moments that can open up that pleasure for them do you have any like tips for how to start into that like how to work out what's pleasurable for you I guess beyond just the mainstream kind of concepts of what gives people pleasure yeah So a lot of the time I work with what I call a pleasure menu. It's literally like a menu of one to 10 things that you create for yourself. I suggest to my clients that they do one monthly. You know, it's a really beautiful time when you're bleeding, when you're on your moon to drop in and reflect. When women are menstruating, the veil is at its thinnest. So we have this deep connection to our intuition and we see things much more clearly than we would otherwise so it's a beautiful time to redo any you know monthly goals pleasure menus things like that and on this pleasure menu is an opportunity for you to explore and discover new ways in your life that bring you joy that bring you play that bring you a sense of fulfillment that bring ecstasy so a pleasure menu could be for you, for example. Um, it could be listening to binaural beats or solfeggio tones while you're working. So sometimes people can listen to really sort of like quite high intensity music, things that are quite loud. And that's great. You know, there's time and a place and that can be really activating to your nervous system. It can, and it can bring in a sense of tension and contraction. When you notice your lower belly, when you're sucking in your lower belly and your shoulders are hunched, that's an opportunity for you to incorporate some element of pleasure from your pleasure menu. It could be simply taking in 
three deep breaths all the way down into your pelvic floor and allowing every inhalation to expand your throat, your heart, your shoulders, your diaphragm, your lower belly, your pelvic floor, really relaxing your vagina, relaxing the anus, and then exhaling and melting deeper into a state of relaxation. Three big deep breaths like that throughout your day can do wonders. And, you know, sometimes people think that they need to do these big, you know, excessive pleasure rituals and like, yes, oh my God, do because they're incredible. (laughs) And sometimes it's the littlest things that add up to make the most profound shifts, right? So again, Mm -hmm. it's not so much about doing this big thing, but it's about who you be throughout the day. Another thing that could be on your, um, on your pleasure menu is learning about how you engage with boundaries and creating a relationship of ease and harmony with saying no, saying no to things that bring you a sense of contraction, saying no to opportunities that don't feel in alignment, deep pleasure right there, deep pleasure, like standing in your worth and walking the path of real like self-respect and self-love damn that's pleasurable oh my god that is the epitome of pleasure um it could be other things like really i call it pillowing your schedule and so what that means is spreading things out throughout the day as well as your social activities with enough time and space between each one for you to move from a to b with so much spaciousness and joy you're not rushing you're not stressed you have the time to sit down and do a five minute meditation if you want to you have plenty of time to just softly and slowly swan to your next engagement while stopping and smelling the roses and making it the most divine experience possible creating incredible shower times okay we Mm -hmm. all have a shower most of us have showers once a day sometimes you know what's twice like whatever (laughs) How can you make your shower time as epic and as pleasurable as possible? Like bring some sense into it, some really delicious things. Like make your shower time ultimate goddessence time. Mm-hmm. Take some music in there, rub lotion on your body afterwards. Look at yourself in the mirror and be like, damn, you so fine. You know, there's all sorts of things that we can do. So the beauty of a pleasure menu is where you can experiment and explore what feels good to you and change it every month. Yeah, I love that. Um, And it's such an accessible thing to do. Like everybody can do that and everybody can, you know, find the time to put that in. Even when you mentioned about the showers, I had for the first time ever a shower in the dark. Uh, Like it would have probably been a month ago. It was one of the most amazing showers ever. Like it was just such a different experience. And like there was a little bit of light coming in from outside, but not really. And it was just like, it just changed it all. Like the how the water felt, everything. Like it was just a completely different experience to just the everyday like I'm just having a shower to clean myself like it was it was like I remember it clear as day because it was just such a I don't even know just a new experience and I haven't done it since I should but yeah it was amazing oh my gosh I'm so inspired by that I want to have a bath with my I am 
um, one of <laughs> my lover got me these this really beautiful silk eye mask and it's so divine and I'm yeah. after your share I just want to go and have a bath with my eye mask on so I can't see anything but I can like deeply feel mm-hmm. all of the water like caressing my skin oh that sounds amazing yeah it does and I think because when you get rid of that sense of being able to see you feel so much more because you're so much more mm. like in tune with that now another mm. thing that you talk about is sexy self-care which I think will probably come off nicely from pleasure-based living how can we implement it and I guess kind of what is this sexy self-care compared to I guess just our normal self-care yeah great question so I would say that sexy self-care is moving more into a sex-centric practice Um, and I think that I want to start off here by saying that running in public for your well-being maybe 70 years ago was considered really weird you know people didn't just run in their jogging shorts and like nike sweatshirt outside for their well-being people that was out the gate And we're stepping into a time now where we're starting to realize how much of an impact our sexual well-being, our pleasure and our relationship to pleasure has a, a great effect in our overall vitality and well-being. So having some kind of self-pleasure practice is an, is an essential element to your overall vitality and well-being, especially as women. This is so important. So sexy self-care to me and how I teach it is to start to incorporate a practice that is body-based. So meditation, for example, again, is shoulders up. We're really working with the mind. It's beautiful. Meditate. There's so much uh, research out there on why meditation is an incredible tool. I would even go as far to say as meditation is one of my favorite sex toys because it helps you to relax in the bedroom. Yet it is still a shoulders up approach to to practice. I would start to work with a shoulders down approach to to a practice. So this can be something as simple as having an intuitive movement practice. So you can put on three songs in the morning and ask your body, like, what am I feeling? And how does that want to move through me? And this can be wildly uncomfortable in the beginning, like totally. The first time I started doing mm. this, is like, what the fuck? The hippies have lost it. This is really <laughs> <weird>. <laughs> And I actually didn't do it. I did it once. I tried to do it once. I hated it. It took me six months to come back to it. So if that's your experience, just know that it's, that's okay. Like everything yeah. happens in divine timing. Um, and the invitation is to not dance, is to not look sexy. You can't get it right. You can't get it wrong. Is the invitation is to purely learn how to express authentically your body's wisdom through movement. And what this does is it actually enables you to start to develop a stronger connection to the body shoulders down so this is going to help you to build strong neural pathways so that you can start to default setting into body-based awareness that is a really powerful really simple tool to help enhance your any pleasure practice any embodiment throughout your life another thing that you can start to do is really starting to incorporate some kind of heart space practice so our breasts as women 
are our positive pole. We give through our breasts, through our heart. That's why we have these protruding breasts. We receive through our pussies. That's why we have Mm -hmm. an internal vaginal canal. Men give from their cocks. That's why they have these protruding penises and they receive through their hearts. So that's the sort of um, the cyclic nature of the masculine and feminine, the giving and receiving. Yet throughout our lives on a physiological level, a lot of us have learned that our breasts are a medical problem waiting to happen. They're an mm-hmm. inconvenience. We have to strap them in bras. They get us unwanted attention. They're uncomfortable. Um, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that can make us really detach from our breasts. So starting to work with touch and breast massage in your heart space, as well as incorporating, you know, breath, sound and movement to really help to activate and open this part of your body is going to do wonders. I'm telling you, if you have a, a, a breast massage practice in the morning, the way that you walk out the door is going to be extremely different to how you walk out the door without doing the practice. Your heart is open. You are an available magnetic energy. Body is on. And that is when synchronicity happens. That's when opportunities come your way. That's that magnetism. You know how you see women walking down the street and it has nothing to do with what they look like, what they're wearing. There's just an energy in them that is so attractive. You just can't stop looking at them. They're so magnetic. This is the energy that you cultivate through breast massage practice. I actually have a bundle available. It's called Heart Space. Um, It's 180 NZD. So it's really accessible. I think there's even a payment plan on there. But there's a whole series of breast massage practices, a little bit of lecture in there as well to help you understand the practice deeper and why it's important. Um, And then a whole series of various practices that you can do depending on your mood and where you're at. Um, so that's a really great resource for anyone who's wanting to learn more about that. Yeah. And I think it's just amazing because I've never really had anyone talk about it and really, I know, especially in my space here, nobody's ever really been like, let's have a, you know, a breast massage practice or even that it's something that we can tap into and, and do to, you know, open our hearts and get more in tune with our body. So I love that. Thank you so much for bringing that up. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, I could honestly talk for hours just about this, like, and, you know, other practices, but I think we'll start there. And yeah, there's always, there's always room for development. (laughs) Yeah, I guess too, for people that might um, experience shame within their bodies with their like breasts as you said there's a lot of negative things that are attached to breasts and our pussies is there do you have like any advice maybe if they someone that does hold on to that shame on how to break that down or that first step to try and move past that we're going to have to stop the episode right there shaggers i've split this episode up into two parts So you get the second part next week. Next week, Laura Allen and I discuss sexual shame. We also talk about how to have the best sex when you're dating casually, as that is quite a tricky space to navigate when you don't really know the other person that you're having sex with. 
We also discuss within long-term relationships what to do if the sex just isn't what you want anymore. So if that interests you, please make sure you listen to next week's episode. As always, Shaggers, please reach out with any comments, questions or stories either through my Instagram at That's Orgasmic or my email emilyduncan at thatsorgasmic.com. Please subscribe on whatever platform you use to listen to these podcasts and leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking. So thank you, Shaggers, and I'll see you next week. (gasps) Oh, <gasps> oh,